What's going on, you filthy animals? Welcome back to another episode of the Wall Street Junkie Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Lukemuller. This week's episode, I had on the Plebe Investor. It's a big-time Instagram page. It's run by two guys out of the East Coast. Childhood friends, smart guys. They actually don't work in the career of um, finance, but they're both college-educated, smart guys. So just, again, another great conversation with fellow investors that um, you know have a, a knack for analysis their growth, their growth uh, investors, uh, which is a pretty uh, popular thing right now, but they give good, good theses on some of the investments that they have and uh, some of the crypto um, forecasts that they have as well. So again, a, a wonderful conversation. What I'm trying to do, you know, with this podcast, and it's been a little slower, is really use it as a, a bridge for you guys to find. Um, more influencers that are worth following to get information from. Um, and oftentimes I'm like, I'm associating with more professionals, people that are actually in the space or if not in the space, um, they have a dog in the fight. They've been doing it for quite some time. So that's kind of my uh, journey with this podcast. It's been a little slow recently, but if you've been keeping up with my Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, you name it, it you, you've probably been seeing that I've been uh, growing pretty exponentially recently. So I'm really proud of that. Keep supporting, keep tuning in. Uh, but without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Somebody that had uh, done this tournament, we, it's, it was called the um, Ideathon. Okay. And this was our second year doing it. Yeah. And he, he had a, a local idea about refurbishing shoes and he, he had done in the past. Uh, and for, yeah, you know, he had a, he had a good following. Yeah. So he ended up coming in. Uh, he come coming in up in first, and we came in second. But I was still excited to at least participate. Get my name out there. Get the name of the pleb out there. I like that, man. Prize money too. Mm-hmm. Oh, did you get <laughs> some right. prize money? We yeah. got some prize oh, fuck money. Yeah. We, we, we were able to use that actually to, to open up the LLC. So that that was really clutch. Oh, did you guys? So you guys actually filed the LLC, and you guys are good to go now. Just yep. recently. Oh, yep, we just got the tax ID and everything. Just emailed oh. to us. So what's we the did plan it with online. it, though? So what are you gonna do with Plebe now? Mm, see, that's I guess that's the, that's the beauty of it. There's so much potential, right. of, of all the avenues that we we have. Uh, YouTube definitely is is coming in under. Eventually, we want to do some stuff with the Patreon as well. Get some good content out for the people. The people are looking for good content. Good content, not shitty content, right? <laughs> that's that's. There's too much of that around. I oh, think the Patreon's God. probably gonna come first, and then probably the YouTube mm-hmm. after that. That's kind of mm. like the order of operations. We feel like there's yeah. a there's a new app up and coming that's trying to revolutionize like finance creators and how they monetize. Um, and I know they hit me up. Have you been hit up by uh, this app yet? Probably. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited to see how that works because I'm trying to monetize myself, but uh, I'm still. Well, a what was it? Account. What was it called? Do you remember? Which one? Yeah. Oh God! So it's it's Basco. That's the. It, there's a couple. You know what? There's a couple of of uh, I guess apps that are kind of doing the same thing. Yeah. I know we were approached by was it Iris? Yeah, Iris. It was Iris app. There's Iris. There's public, uh, and this one that you're just saying is another one I haven't heard of. Yeah, it. They're uh, they're trying to get. I, I think there's a, a trend going on, man. People mm-hmm. realize you can uh, monetize, but the problem with that is there's just, there's just a bunch of trash going on. There's a lot of drama. I don't know if you know just how crazy it's getting. People are getting real protective of their market share. They don't like new guys <laughs> coming in. 
In terms of the big apps, you're saying? Well, not even the apps, the big pages on Instagram. Um, Oh, really? Oh, yeah. They uh, they've been uh, reporting and banning. um, They've been reporting smaller accounts. I had a buddy of mine. You know, he got his shit uh, completely wiped off Instagram. You know, uh, financial literacy. You know that guy? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not on Instagram anymore, man. Oh, wow. it, and it was because his account got banned or, or uh, some higher account was yeah. banning him or uh-huh. reporting him? Yep. What? Uh, see, I don't know about that. I feel like as, uh, I don't know if you could call ourselves influencers or, or whatever on, on this space, there should be like more of a, a, a not a family, but a, an inclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so everybody, yeah, yeah. So everybody could share, share more ideas. Do you have a uh, course coming out? Are you going to sell a course or what are you guys doing? Mm. See, I don't know mm, about that one. That a, one sketches that's a tough me out. One. That's a yeah, tough the, one. the course gets you into a whole different kind of genre. I don't know. Maybe like yeah. a little tool or a watch list or something. Okay. Yeah, I like that better. Yeah, the class just screams a little, uh, little shady to me. I don't know. <laughs> it also, it also, I feel like to provide value requires a lot of work too. Like a lot Facts. of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I feel no. I definitely do feel like um like a basic intro, free, uh free. intro to investing would would definitely do well for for everybody. Everybody just needs a place to start. I oh yeah, like. for sure. Well, gentlemen, we can uh, get the party started. Um, and uh, you know when I cue it in, you know you guys just introduce yourself, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll go from there. Okay. Cool. All right. Let's do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Wall Street Junkie Podcast. This episode, I have the Plebe Investor and two gentlemen <clears throat> who are from Plebe Investor. They're influencers on Instagram. Welcome to the podcast, guys. Thank How's you for having going, us. everybody? What's hello, going hello. on? You guys want to briefly introduce yourselves? I know I've had Alex on, but David, do you want to give us your little spiel, man? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my name is David. I'm also a, a recent... Uh, student uh, grad grad i graduated from the the university of worcester state just recently um uh, I, I love investing i uh, i really like the growth investing aspect of it i think alex and i have a good diversity because he he used to love value investing but he's come around to the to the growth side uh, <laughs> a little bit but we've been able to bounce ideas off each other a lot it's worked really well oh man i love it so I definitely went from from one extreme to more towards a well balanced (laughs) i love it so you know so we were talking offline about it tell me about this competition you guys were doing this kind of pitch you guys were pitching your business the plebe investor tell me how that went that was a little tough i wish alice uh, would have been able to be part of it but since we went to different colleges uh there was some some conflict there but uh the the whole reason why i wanted to do uh just that competition was uh i kept getting approached by my other students you know because i was uh, i have a, a business by um that was my degree gotcha it was uh, a bachelor's in in uh, business management and i, I have a minor in spanish and in economics yes. um and so a lot yeah i know and so a lot of my buddies were all of them were super into the stock market for some reason um and and they all just really wanted to try to get into I don't know, get into a place to figure out where they could find stocks and, and do all this stuff. And we had ha- kind of had this running since last COVID when COVID really hit was when we started the page. 
And yeah. so we, we figured there could be some sort of business here. I, I was taking an entrepreneurship class and a teacher of mine just said, you know, you already have this uh, Instagram page going. Uh, there could be some way to monetize this page. So you might as well try to go into the contest. Um, and we, we kind of drafted up some ideas as to how we could monetize the page and, and seeing a future and a vision and mission towards it. Um, and thankfully we were able to get second place, um, just short of an, of another really, really good contender. Uh, but it, 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 I learned a lot, you know, I wish Alex could have, uh, presented it with me, but he helped me do the whole process as well. Oh, okay. Badass. What, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah well, yeah. What were you going to say, Alex? I was going to say, yeah, like, kind of like you said, there's a little bit of drama with me not being able to present with him because it was Ooh. a Worcester State exclusive event or presentation or whatever, and I went to a different college. Oh, those bastards. So, yeah, it was, yeah. Like, like, I, I, you know I did all the work with him. I can't just stand next to him and say the words <laughs> that I wrote on the slide. You're going to make him say the entire, like, you know what I mean? Like, I wrote half this. Like, did you plagiarize, David? Did you plagiarize? <laughs> we, no, I couldn't. I couldn't. No way. No. But I, we really, honestly, I was really thankful with with Worcester State just because uh, they had been able to also give us a a, a previous grant uh, for this. Uh, you know, I, I was able to to compete on this on this uh, twice. Um, and the first go around, um, I, I I couldn't qualify, but that, because I mean, at the time we the, the things weren't running, the page wasn't running right. at the time. But the second time. Things went well. Nice. Well, you know how uh, how has the monetization monetization game been working for you? Do you see a future? How do you see it evolving for your for your page? Mm, I think the um, next thing for us is we're, we're going to start opening up like a like a Patreon, an exclusive part of the Discord server that we have. For right yeah. now, it's free. Okay, is is definitely um, definitely the avenue we're trying to go down at the moment. Mm. What about TikTok? You you want to become a professional TikTok analyst too, or what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, there's so much. I feel like there's a lot of growth in there, but I, I I've been seeing a lot of maybe not the best uh, advice on TikTok. Yeah, you know, it's just like all all uh, driven towards uh, not necessarily the hypey stocks either, just just complete trash. Yeah, and you know, it's it's sad because like part of that is like the whole crypto space. I've been seeing just all these, mm. a lot of these uh, TikTok influencers. They get paid mad buku bucks to push shitty coins, and so I kind of mm. feel bad for those that are like really into the crypto space and, and like quality coins and things of that nature. I feel like it's kind of diminishing, you know. The value. What do you think about that? I think the crypto. I think like is is pretty unknown to most people. So there's like some sense of like mystery, mystery, right. or mysterious like awe. And people that may not know what they say they know are sticking themselves in that mystery and mm. confusing people that for a subject that most people don't even understand. Sure, is kind of the way that I look at it. So I've, it's just it's like taking advantage of people. I feel like if if people knew how to do some other due diligence on cryptos, then they, they may not ever even listen to an influencer. Well, watching a 30-second uh, TikTok, that's not due diligence. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Dude. That's actually, uh, I think recently, FaZe Clan, so a couple of the members of FaZe Clan, it's just a gaming group, and um, they they were releasing a, like a charity coin. It was supposed to be for, yeah. for the, like the kids. And it all it all ended up being like a, a massive rug pull, and there's bands from a couple places. But but it, it's crazy because they they have this mass millions of followers and stuff, and and they're doing this. 
pretty much i think they they knew about it all along too because they try to pull the oh we didn't know this this was gonna happen it's, it's borderline like sec stuff I, I feel like because like they're mm. like deleting tweets of them saying mm. things like the original oh. post about it they're like backtracking stuff like that's happening so what how yeah, do you think how do you think this evolves you know how does can crypto shake this or is this just a natural evolution of the space you know, of tech early on. There's just so much hype and mystery around it. Mm, well, I, I literally just saw, I think a couple of days ago, some news that were saying that TikTok, uh, the crypto influencers on TikTok were going to start getting banned oh. or just, uh, just crypto in, in general. Um, Whoa. And I don't know if that, it's, that's going to be good because we'll have less people to look at. You know, the, really, really, there's a very few players, I think, to listen to in the, in the crypto space. So hopefully, if that happens, we can see the good ones stick around. Like, isn't one of the good ones like Blockchain Boy? Isn't that his name? Or mm. is it Bit Boy? I think I know oh, who you're you talking about. Bit Boy, I think. <laughs> the, oh man, I have such a love hate relationship. The big, the big guy, right? The fat guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah like a million. I, yeah, he has a huge following. Sure, dude. I yeah. wouldn't call that necessarily reliable. Oh, okay. Mm. It's good. It's. I no, like that. I think I think he's got he's got a like he understands like how the crypto space works, but like um, his price targets and things like that, I think are a little silly sometimes. Well, price targets are always silly, right? <laughs> mm, with crypto, like that was my thing, I, and everybody I bet was was not confident that most of these price targets were going to be hit before the the crypto bull run. Like before when it was at 30 something thousand and we hadn't seen the 60s Fuck, and yeah. people were, were marking Ethereum at like 2,500, everybody thought, oh, that's that's impossible. That's impossible. not happening. <laughs> right. but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Wild, <laughs> man. Are you guys still buying Bitcoin at these levels, I'm assuming? <laughs> I haven't I haven't sold uh, any anything since the, the crash. I know a lot of people, you can see like the movement like dry up to the people that actually like cared about it. And then, you know, some other stuff. So I'm isn't definitely that, still in it for the long haul. Isn't that crazy how so many people just leave the market when something like this happens? You know, they, they're, they're bulls when it runs up. But as soon as, you know, you, know, you, you see it uh, decline, price action decline. It's all, it's all about perspective, boom. though, too, because I know me and David got into it like this early last year and even a little bit before, but only dabbled. Like David mm -hmm. got into it a little bit sooner than me, but none of we uh, – I mean, even after the 50% crash, both things are still looking, you know, pretty healthy. So there's no reason to want to sell this for any reason. I took out some money. I will say, uh, j just after seeing Elon Musk, there was so uh, much FUD at the time. Yeah. You won't even know. I, I took out like almost a 30% of, of my whole position oh. in, in all my, my coins that I had. Just, I, I don't know. I, I fell into the, the FUD. I was like, this is this is not good. This is, oh. this is a turning point for, for crypto um yeah ever since then but i never sold all of all of my position i've slowly been like on the really really red days uh throwing some some money in there on on coins and projects that i really believe in because uh ultimately crypto can really change the world just blockchain technology in general can did you redeploy that capital elsewhere just in the stock market or uh no see i've been i've been meaning to put it most of it in BlockFi, uh you know to earn um, some some passive interest yeah, in yeah, there. yeah. I, I know alex does that um but uh, i've mainly just held it in in my in my wallet that's that's all it's been doing it, oh, okay. and it hasn't it's just been in there you know uh, i did want to try to swing it a little bit but the markets like with crypto i wanted to stick it and, and maintain that capital in crypto right 
But uh, yeah, markets have been having doing a little heavy. Didn't want to do too much trading. Just holding it for now. Yeah, how do you swing Elon Musk tweets? You know, and all- mm, <laughs> right? it's really hard, it, man. It, I got a buddy that works with him now, so I'm just gonna ask him when he's gonna say something ridiculous. Yes. It'll be like insider trading info, right? What What do you think about that? Because it like. You know, people, some people are going to discount and say, no, you know, he's not driving some of this volatility, but clearly, you know, even in Dogecoin and Bitcoin, his tweets had an impact. What do you, what do you think about that? You Can we rely on that to happen in the future? I think the, I think the longer, like, uh, the crypto space exists, the less that will affect it, yeah, in my opinion. So. Because, I mean, there's, whoever said that it wasn't, he was not affecting it was out of their mind because there's absolutely no way that the second or whatever first richest man at the time in the world saying stuff doesn't influence millions. Like, right. <laughs> absolutely no way it doesn't. Did you guys post about the uh, the Bitcoin ETF, Kathy Woods? Was that you? I know I'd seen it around a lot. Did you guys post about that? We, um, we, on our story, I think. Maybe not a not a post. Okay. About the but um, I've been reading articles that she applied. But I mean, she might just get denied like everybody else, right? Yeah, I know. I was about to say it's like you know. How many have like tried it? Is it like eight, nine, ten? I mean, a handful. I uh, do you know anything about it? Like, what's the holdup from the no. uh, no, not, yeah, I, not honestly, necessarily. Honestly, I think it may be just some sort of like the SEC trying to figure out how to regulate crypto in, in a way that somehow benefits them, but they still haven't figured it out. Maybe Kathy Woods is the person we need, right? She's got so mm-hmm. much uh, energy and hype around her right now. Maybe that's the one. The straw that uh, breaks the camel's back. Maybe. Do you do you have someone you you look up to, Josh? You know, like an, an investor. Did you just like, wow, I, re- I really want to like, you know, follow their steps? Uh, I I would say, I mean, honestly, I'm a boomer, or at least mm. I call myself a boomer. I I gotta go with Warren Buffett. Um, mm. you know, I'm a big fan of him. I think he's uh, at least recently overlooked uh, because there's hotter and sexier names that uh, have been thrown around or peter teal too i gotta i gotta throw that guy out too. <laughs> i mean that guy's a that legend, guy's a legend. <laughs> he's a nut job too in the best way yeah he is i mean that self-directed ira do you guys have one of those yet <laughs> uh yeah okay I've, i recommend I've been, I've been it contributing it a yearly <laughs> is it a self-directed though because you can buy any you can buy crypto with your ira <laughs> yeah no i mean i just have a uh i just have a roth in fidelity oh okay yeah when yeah if when uh you know later down the road you can roll that into like a self-directed and they allow you to buy real estate um commodities crypto anything um i don't know if fidelity has that option but uh yeah that's how peter Thiel was able to do it mm, that was a smart move smart move so what are your guys's, you know, with with cryptocurrency, we'll talk about it a little bit more. What are your guys's most bullish coins? I know you guys talk about uh, Cardano. Any others on there? I mean, I think the the absolute most potential that we can see from any of them is Ethereum. Yes. With, like, mm-hmm. with, without a doubt, <clears throat> I have the majority of my crypto in Ethereum and Cardano, then Bitcoin in that order. What about you? david i agree i agree well we it's almost the same i, I mean I, I was mostly focused in in ethereum and bitcoin um when alex started finding out about uh, blockchain he was the one that kind of uh, l- shined the light on cardano for me yeah 
Uh, and when I did a little bit more research on it, I was like, okay, we we have something. We this is, this could be something. Um, and we caught that like what, what was it mid fifties when when it was in mid fifties, Alex. Fifteens? No, it was in 15s? January. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, it was, well, it was it was early on. Yeah, no, keep going. I was uh, no, I was working at Amazon at the time. <laughs> before, uh, I, before I got uh, my full time job that I'm currently at. I, uh, I yeah, no, that's when I that's when I first discovered Cardano. You're you're not huge on crypto, Josh, are you? You you have like two three percent. Yeah, allocated? it's like three percent. Um, yeah. you know, most of my wealth is tied up in real estate, and honestly, mm -hmm. I got into Ethereum. And it's funny you guys say because I mean I'm a boomer, so I just kind of trusted pages like yours and others that talked about Ethereum. So I'm not even gonna lie, like. Almost 100% of my allocation to crypto is in Ethereum. <laughs> uh, nice. I mean, that's not bad. Mark Cuban loves Ethereum. I hate, <laughs> I hate Mark Cuban. <laughs> Why? Why? Well, Why is that? I just felt like, I mean, to be honest, like people like Elon Musk and, um, you know, Mark Cuban were kind of, you know, it just felt like they were kind of uh, trying to stay relevant. And mm -hmm. I think the thing that really upset me with Mark Cuban was, what was that platinum coin or whatever? Titan. Oh, oh, is that what it was? Titan? Yeah, Titan coin. Yeah. He lost a lot of money and in it, right? I, but I think, like, for him, he was really outspoken in the crypto space, and I just felt like he was just doing it to stay relevant, and there's consequences to someone like him putting... I don't know. I just... I, mm -hmm. He kind of bugs me. I know. No, I got what you're saying. Uh, but as, as, as far as those coins that you say that are, that are going to last, may, you know, I would think maybe uh, this one's controversial, but Ripple, if Ripple. they could get around, yeah, yeah, if they could get around their whole SEC spiel, I could see some, some headwinds behind them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and another reason, so, you know, I'm in commercial real estate and I was doing, um, looking at some deals in Reno and uh, I don't know if you guys know, they're trying to build a um some sort of like crypto city is what they call it um where it's run fully on cryptocurrency let me pull it up really yeah i i don't know if it's still going right now but um blockchain the company owns like ten thousand acres of land out in <clears throat> um outside of reno so that got me really excited about you know ethereum and, and crypto when <laughs> i started when i started hearing that i'm like holy shit okay <laughs> They're also doing like major sponsorships now in all sports too. Like oh not just God. not just, there's a few companies now doing it. Oh, and they're, pay they're paying they're paying like athletes, everyone to oh, yeah. uh push no, this stuff. It's crazy. Definitely hundreds of millions of, of dollars to get like one of them, I forget which one of them was named uh, there's a stadium now that's named after a crypto brokerage or uh, like a like a crypto custody firm. Really? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Dude, I didn't even know that. I want to say it's an MLB stadium. <clears throat> So we were talking about your guys' investment styles and how it shifted. I, I want to first know, you know, what, what were some of the investors you looked up to originally? And has that changed over time? Or you know, what does that landscape look for you guys? For me, at least I, for me, it has. Yeah, go, go ahead, Alex. Oh, you can start if you want. I was just going to say, I love Peter Lynch. That dude's awesome. Yeah. I know what you're saying. Uh, maybe I didn't look at, at a specific investor in general. I just kind of look at the market and, and kind of what, it, everybody has their eye on um, catalysts that that could drive a, a stock up or down. Right. Uh, and, and even Reddit, man. Uh, honestly, people underestimate the that whole community uh, of the, the Wall Street investors. Oh, and, shit. And, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wall Street bets and stuff. I don't know, man. You know, there's some that's like a diamond in the rough in there. That uh, there's some a lot of people that do show like some some heavy research behind the positions that they're showing. I don't know if you you have you ever done. I, I have. Into? Yeah, okay. there. You know what I would say is like of that community, there's like one percent are actually brilliant. Mm -hmm. They're really smart guys. And then mm -hmm. you know the bandwagon comes on. And then you have 99% of the other Reddit guys just pile on um, and they don't really know what they're talking about. But because no. these few mods are very intelligent, I mean, you have what, Roaring Kitty? I mean, that guy's a... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a celebrity now, right? <laughs> he's, a, he's a celebrity, but he's a pretty smart guy. And, uh, you know, he's, he was in the portfolio management space, I believe. Um, yeah. CFA, yeah, all their credentials. He's from Boston, actually. Is, is he really? I'm pretty sure, That's yeah. He's, he's awesome. from around here. I saw that on the news. <laughs> so what about uh what about your your page now? What are you what are you trying to do with it now? I see you've grown a lot since the the last podcast, right, that we oh, did together. Yeah, you know, for me, so I decided to get back into the, you know, investment space. And so you know, I started up my own little uh registered investment advisory firm, a little branch out here in California. Mm. Um, because what I realized is, you know, if you have the credentials, you can draw in, you know, client, um, you know, and business without having to sell a course because I don't really want to um, sell yeah. a course. Mm -hmm. um, and but it's it's kind of odd for me because I hate financial advisors, uh, most of them, um, <laughs> which Why? is. Uh, well, because I think most of them don't know what they're doing and they charge one percent. Um, one to two percent which is wild and so for me you know what i kind of do is i'm kind of paid on retainer so it's like more like like a lawyer type deal so i have like an hourly rate um and usually you know i'll I'll do like things quarterly for a portfolio and get and get paid by the hour so that's kind of how i set that up so i'm not uh you know scraping one to two percent of the assets under management because i, mm. I feel like you have to change your business model that now. tears it away yeah oh yeah like 10 years of doing that yeah and a, a lot of these financial advisors a lot of the big firms you know they just plug in your numbers they take a risk tolerance questionnaire and they plug the stat into a model and spit out a cookie cutter um mm -hmm. allocation and i just don't think it's really effective so i'm trying to that's what i'm doing with the page i guess um and what i also realized is because i'm you know an agent and a broker as well in california i do commercial um greenhouses so i'm mm -hmm. kind of i'm in the the marijuana space um all right nice. yes nice. i don't i want to actually talk to you guys about that what uh i see you guys what uh that cannabis reap iipr iipr oh, tell yeah, me about alex, that one because i think alex was talking to me about it last time but uh take it away dude has anything changed you know has, have I you mean, gotten I'm more bullish on your thesis or what I mean, I've been buying shares probably every other week or weekly in them since we talked still. So I definitely, uh, definitely nothing's changed. I think that company's amazing. Like they're the, they're the, they're the biggest player in a, in a rapidly growing space. I mean, if you can find the, the needle in the haystack, I mean, there's, I think there's going to be a lot of consolidation in the space. I'm seeing it in California a lot. Um, if you can pick one of those winners, it is, is going to be buku bucks right now. I mean... You'd be blown away what people are, are trying to acquire down there in SoCal. I mean, it blows me away. I went to a... Uh, Enormous facilities? Yeah, I went to a, a facility 
two months ago and it was 400,000 square foot of grow. Okay. So it was like, it was 10 football fields long of, of these greenhouses. And, uh, I took pictures. I was, they let me take pictures and I was blown away with, it was just, you know, it's funny. Yeah, I know. People are like, oh my God, why would you do that? I'm like, well, there's, it's, there's a lot of money in this space. (laughs) And just the fact that they can like openly raise their dividend like three times a year and not just like palty like realty income like 0.28 increases just to like increase the streak they're like really bumping it like a couple a few times a year is that is that what they've raised it a few times this last year yeah no every single year they've raised a minimum of two sometimes three and And they're not they haven't been small increases they've they've all been like high single digits some of them even you know yeah your post said one of them was like triple digits that blew my mind Oh no, that they're th- three year, so it's grown okay. the last three years. It's grown by seventy seven percent the dividend. <sighs> Holy! But moly. the payout is lowered because their funds from operation, the AFFO, is increased by significantly more than their dividends increased. <laughs> okay. So it looks like that this like, dividend is just exploding out. No one's like, oh, they're gonna run out of money. No, they're they're paying out less of their money than before. <laughs> How's their debt? Are they pretty levered out in that space or what? No, I think they're I think they're two two point. 2.6 or or 3.2 or in that range times which is pretty reasonable in that space that's a, yeah that's not terrible because what you find in that space a lot of these guys it, they're debt traps in the beginning early on i mean mm-hmm. it blows my mind um these operations um but uh yeah okay that's good to see I'm gonna... i just like the, the the cap rates they can execute at it's just unreal what is their ipr's average... cap rate the, uh, the average is like like ten to twelve percent for on different properties. Like they just pretty they good. Could charge. <laughs> That's really yeah, good. Yeah, like it is, it is out of this world. They could charge and like the the one real downside, which like needs to be mentioned for anyone who wants to yes is interested in it, is when full legalization happens, mm. they'll become less profitable because they're essentially acting as a pseudo bank for these companies that can't get money ah. um, otherwise. But I mean. The, their cap rates on properties that they don't have their their moat around for they couldn't get funding other ways yeah. not the intentional weed facilities maybe like a distribution center but for weed they're still getting like eight percent cap rates on those other properties oh eight so percent cap rates great yeah so i think that even when this federalization comes and like their quote-unquote doomsday that all the bears say for them happens they'll at worst be like you know a seven to eight percent cap around the board which is still excellent like that's still really good do you? So, I do, mean, do you think legalization is coming? Or see, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm mixed about it, man. It's been so slow. I don't know if legalization will happen in the near future, but I think decriminalization will probably happen pretty soon, like yeah. in a few years. Yeah, I've been seeing. I mean, in California, man. I mean, it's uh, you know, it <laughs> there's almost no criminalization for the most part, um, unless you're driving around with pounds and pounds. Yeah, in, in which, which case, you probably should. Yeah, there's something else going on if you have that much. Oh man, what? here in Mass though, right? Right, Alex. That, hmm? I think I think legalization here in Mass now that it's it's recreational as, as well. I, I've I feel like around our area at least there has been so many more recreational shops that have been opening oh, yeah. up. Oh yeah, like in my in my hometown or our our hometown, it's only like. 12,000 people and there's already like four pot shops within 10 minutes of my house that's like, awesome 
Yeah, it's it's <laughs> so you can just see that like it's exploding, and you know I'm sure like in five years there'll only be like a few probably, but yeah. So I know we were talking about offline. You, you know, your kind of rotation from value to growth strategies, like how you know you've kind of evolved. Kind of kind of talk to me about that. You know, as in the last year, you know there was kind of what a semi shift to value, I guess you could call it, and now recently, mm-hmm. you know, growth is kind of gaining steam again with the 10 year you know pretty low what uh you know what kind of fueled that shift for you guys i think it was um at first when i got into it it was all about like oh warren buffett value investing like p ratio (laughs) yeah and then like i would literally just look at like the p ratio first and be like oh no not good value so like i can't buy this one it's not the p ratio doesn't count so doesn't check so nope so I think I've kind of just opened my mind more that like the P ratio can be pretty ugly in a great company sometimes for a year or so. You Absolutely. Know? So I think that's more just the shift. I've come to a realization that, you know, while that's super important, it's not everything. Yeah. And so like, I don't know, I, I think now, my, if you're, I guess if you were to take like the average PE ratio before it and now it'd be drastically different, but I feel like, you know, <laughs> then the due diligence to trust them, you know, companies that are going to pan out in the future. Right. What about you, David? Uh, yeah, for me, it, it was just like looking into those fields that uh, I can see having in the next couple of years just exponential growth. Uh, I'm, I was a huge fan of, of ARC and, and just the companies that they invest in. Uh, the, the disruptive innovation and their genomics ETFs are, are a couple of the ETFs that I invest in personally. Um, but but the companies that they invest in, they're, they're just companies that are, that are here to stay, here yeah. to stick around. Um, and also uh, one of the things that I do for investing is just investing companies that, that I use a lot and Facebook's also, also one of my biggest holding as well. So, and I know that's, it's a big growth stock. Um, you've always been kind of growth stocks though. You've always been pretty growth oriented. I have, I don't know. I I like seeing the the steady revenue growth in a company. If if I like their management, if I like, uh, you know, their, their business model, however many years in the future ahead it is, it just makes sense. You know, because there's a lot of companies that aren't. And he's not saying it, but David's pretty much held, like, most of the big cap names for a while. So, like, you know, like, he's done pretty well. So, he likes the mega cap techs. He's had those for a few years. You know what? Mega mega cap techs, you know, people underestimate him, man. They uh, have been the outperformers for quite a few years now. They Absolutely. Do. There's a reason why the why the funds or uh, even hedge funds or, or just ETFs have most of their share allocation to, to, to like the big five, the FANG group. Right. They, they move markets, man. It, it, it's crazy. That's why whenever I had, there's a bad red day, oh, my portfolio is just not the best. <laughs> but I've been, tra- I've been trying to uh, uh, switch away for that. That's where I said where Alex was able to, to bring me in, uh, to a lot of these, like the IIPR would, would have been something that I would have never looked at. Uh, if it wasn't for him, and he, he, you had a couple, a couple other value plays in there, right? Uh, Vici is my mm-hmm. current one. I, I mm-hmm. love Vici properties. <clears throat> oh yeah, Just we talked stuff. about that one. Yeah, mm-hmm. but, you know, yeah, I think well, we did. Well, one of the plays that I, I think panned out the best for me was was Simon Properties. Mm. Um, we bought, uh, well, I, I bought it. I think you did. That was our first video that that you recorded out. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Was that I, I was that the that. company that does the Sear um, Renos or like the they redevelop Sears in the malls? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They all their malls are now distribution centers, like the Sears and mm. stuff like that. That's you're talking about. Yeah, is that mm. what that is? Yeah, they have like class A, like up end, high scale malls. 
like the ones that aren't gonna go away ever really okay mm -hmm. that that was what i think the the best uh replay that i had uh, so far in my, in my portfolio because we caught that right as the the covid 19 shutdown was happening all the retail <laughs> was suffering dude. it was bad but it, go, it went from like 120 down to like 45 dollars mm. a share and it's now at like 130 again not <laughs> people are like, not oh, bad like, the malls are closing like oh no one's ever gonna go to a mall again i've been to the mall twice in like the last month like yeah so am i what bounce mall. back from that what bounce back heavily from from that dip i think oil tech. yeah energy's been doing pretty fairly mm -hmm. well um yeah. My You're best to the banks, though, right? <clears throat> banks, but for me, actually, like in the beginning of the year, I got into the single family REIT game um, mm. because I kept. I was like, you know what? Because everyone's like, oh, you know, single family. You know, it's at the top. You know, market crash coming. It's another 08. I'm like, you guys are crazy. Um, and uh, I bought AMH. They're up thirty seven and a half percent year to date. Hell yeah. And AMH. They're the, the home builders, right? Yeah, home build. Yeah, American, American home. Homes for Rent. Yeah. Nice. What are the thoughts on like Toll Brothers and stuff like that? Those kind of ones. Toll Brothers. I haven't heard that one. They're pretty much just like a like a like a homes builder. They I mean they don't just do single family though. They do like like uh condo developments and stuff like that too yeah i mean they're doing it i'm looking oh see they're up 30 percent year to date you know the thing about like these builders and stuff is they're i think they're gonna be able to sustain for quite some time you know there's such this looming housing shortage but these people these builders have great margins so they're not really they're they're trying to tread carefully and which is why i'm so bullish on single family in general is because they don't want to get burned like they did in 08 where they have this mm -hmm. massive supply so they're really slowing down the building here um in the states so uh as not to uh to shoot themselves in the foot again so uh yeah i'm a big fan of builders and single family in general right now that's Nice. What about sectors? What uh, what other sectors are you guys bullish on right now? Oh, plant-based meat. You say tattooed oh, chef? Is that the guy? That. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, Everything that comes out about them makes me like them more. Everything the management does makes me like them more. <clears throat> What's, like, uh, has it changed recently? Have you gotten even more bullish since we last talked yeah, about it? Significantly more bullish, yeah. They uh they acquired a um, New Mexico like Mexican foods distributor, which which will be accretive to the top line of revenue, equal to a hundred percent of their current revenue within three years. They're essentially gonna double it. Okay. The amount they got it for is a steal. I'll have to pull up the the press release. Hold on. I think personally the that, that although that's a, that's a huge industry. I, I know a lot of people. Uh, myself included, I, it took me a little bit to get into that the the plant based foods or, or like Beyond Meat or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I I tried the Beyond Meat in Cordoba, and I don't know if you you've heard about it. it's kind of like Chipotle. Yeah, but it it was good. It's not bad. It, I think people just need to like take the leap and try it because a lot I, I don't know a lot of times I don't like trying new stuff, but once I tried it, it really wasn't bad. It tasted pretty much like me. It's just a textured thing. Do you think Tattooed Chef is like kind of an ESG play? Like this switch to, yeah, I kind of like it when you think about, you know, people yes. our age are really trying and to be environmentally is, friendly. You know, that sounds right. like it makes a lot of sense. 
Exactly. And they got their, their whole like aesthetic thing working too. They have like a really aesthetic products. The packaging looks nice. The website looks nice. And like companies like that always tend to do better. I feel like they can really grab customer like attention. Well, how did they do during COVID? Was it, uh, you know, did a lot of people just uh, flock to Tattooed Chef because, you know, they wanted to stop being fat or uh, <laughs> I don't know, because I don't like necessarily most... <laughs> think it, it changed too much because, I mean, it's a it's a food item, yeah. you know, so maybe people were still going to um, they were probably sh sh buying their own foods more. I mean, it, it did it did help, but that's just because they, they increased their distribution points from like 24K to almost 60K in the United States. So like that's like a bigger factor, not really COVID. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I know most of my buddies, you know, they put on the COVID-15, you know. They, uh, they okay. got rather heavy. <laughs> mm, let me see. Okay. So they acquired the um, New Mexico plant-based food distributor. They do, like, tacos and stuff like that. So they're going to bring out taco lines and stuff for Tattoo Chef products. Mm. Oh, I love me some tacos, man. 30, Ta taco Tuesday, baby. Million. Yes, sir. <laughs> 37 million in cash they bought for them. They don't. Tattoo Chef doesn't have any debt, so oh, they bought it in that's, cash. That's clutch. Yeah, cash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they bought it in cash for thirty-seven million. And Accurative, they, they say it will be. Um, oh shit! Let me find the number. Hundred and twenty uh, million per year in revenue by the end of twenty twenty-five. Like oh, just really? from oh, wow. just from this acquisition, that's what they act uh, like. Uh, estimate the synergies will bring to them. So like thirty-seven million to whatever <laughs> the it's like a 4x on investment in, in three years that's not freaking bad speaking of cash acquiring i etsy is one of my biggest holdings um mm. and uh, they acquired uh a brazil-based marketplace for 217 million cash and so you know etsy had, had done well during 2020 and then kind of 2021 they've been trading kind of sideways and then once this hit a cash deal it's uh Etsy's been doing real well for me. Yeah, Etsy, I know a lot of people that really like Etsy. I've never used it personally, though, to be honest. Do I know, you use right? Etsy? I don't. I really don't, <laughs> no. I, uh, for me, like, when I first started looking at Etsy, I'm like, it's just a bunch of chicks selling shit on Etsy, like, you know. <laughs> and then, uh, I, you know, I start looking at it, I'm like, oh, no, maybe not. But, yeah, I don't personally use it, but... Uh, you know, I, I trust the space more than anything, the, you know, the e-commerce. It's a good retail play, right? It has a lot of room to grow, right? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, Amazon obviously has like a 40% market share on the e-commerce yeah, space. Right. But there's such an addressable market there. You know, when I was mm -hmm. looking at it, I think they've only penetrated, the entire market's only penetrated like 20-something percent of the total retail sale. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's insane. Uh, that's another reason why I'm kind of bullish on Facebook. They, they're, they've been experimenting with their marketplace um, mm. settings. And, and I follow a lot of, of like, um, I don't know, groups that try to sell stuff on there. And, and it's a feature that's extremely high requested when, when somebody, for example, doesn't have access to it. They, they, they try to, you know, get in touch with Facebook so they can get in, in in touch with Facebook and have access to it. Everybody wants to sell stuff uh, through through Facebook, honestly. And I think they they did a deal with Shopify too uh, oh, to yeah. be able to sell more stuff through through their marketplace here. It, it's it's cool stuff. So you you know you're super bullish on Facebook. I I just saw in you know this one trillion dollars it hit the you know the market cap of one trillion. Mm -hmm. Growth is on the platforms itself has been kind of slowing. So you know obviously they're mm -hmm. probably going to have to look elsewhere. Where do you think? they're going to start looking 
Like you talk Honestly, about e-commerce, that, that, you know, what else? Well, that's think? another thing. Yeah, they have so many avenues. They, they haven't even, uh, I know that they wanted to monetize uh, WhatsApp, but they, they have Oculus VR as well, which is oh, an yeah. avenue that's pretty much untapped uh, at this point. But they, they've been working on developing new VR and AR uh, technology. Um, the retail part of it, ads aren't going anywhere, even, even though that... Um, uh, update in Apple, you know, the Apple update, they were supposed to not let Facebook, you know, access most of your, your data and stuff. I oh, feel like yeah. they, they, they'll find a way eventually <laughs> to, to get data somehow. There's always a you way, know. man. <laughs> there really is. There really is. And, and I don't know, Facebook maintains, uh, such a market domination over the ad space. Uh, and, and people, I don't know, people just use it a lot. It's integrated in, in everybody's lives. Oculus I think it's also grown like crazy too. What? What did you say? Ocul Oculus. Oh, Oculus. Like crazy, I know. too. Like 100% a year at this point. I think year over year is like 102% growth. And you know what, dude? With the push for NFTs and crypto worlds and stuff like that, uh, I don't know if you've seen it, but like you, yeah. you physically are able to see NFTs in like the actual world with the Oculus VR. It's so cool. Wait, what? Explain that, dude. I'm a boomer. Explain this, man. So, okay, so you know how you can buy the, the NFTs and, yeah. and you can buy like a picture or frame. Right. Uh, there, there was um, crypto horses that were also NFTs. Um, and if you, for example, you put in your Oculus VR headset, yeah. you can see that NFT that you bought. Really? The crypto horse <laughs> that you bought. Yeah, yeah. It's insane. And so uh, it, there's uh, like a lot of rumors that in the future, people will buy an NFT clothing and, and then it'll, it'll be really authentic or whatever because uh, it, it's a, there's only one of a kind or, or, or whatever, right? But this is like the, the vision it being integrated through like just glasses not the the big oculus glasses but maybe better looking ones i know, just pulled up ones. an article and because i was like what the hell so yeah nft oasis creator Pro provenance raises 4.4 mm -hmm. 4 million to help vr creators reach the masses and they're talking about enabling creators to reach yeah vr art galleries oh that'd be yes. wild Yes, yeah. dude. and that's that's it. That's how you integrate NFTs, man. I don't know. A lot of people. What do you think about that? Because I feel like it's half people like them, and the other half just thinks it's uh, a joke. I'm so uninformed about it, so I I mm -hmm. typically stay away from it. Uh, I the only well, what the thing that made me laugh is I think Mark Cuban. You know, I don't know mm -hmm. if you guys know Mark Cuban in the '90s was like a film producer or trying to produce a few films. And they did freaking horribly. So what did he? <laughs> what did he try to do? He he tried he tried to release them as NFTs, I believe. Um, oh, and so that's that's to the extent I know about NFTs is just that uh, anecdote from my favorite guy, Mark Cuban. <laughs> I think but they're they're just it. getting started. To be honest, NFTs. People say they're in a bubble, but I, mm -hmm. I think there's like crazy more potential from them. Like, how do you sift out the BS though? Or you know, is it? I think I, I think it's gonna be in the future it's gonna be a lot less random people issuing random NFTs that people buy. It'll be more like um they'll be more standardized, I feel like somehow. But but I think it applies to more things than people think sure. NFTs apply to. Like um like there are even like real estate transactions being verified on the blockchain and the deed is stored as an NFT now. So that's one extra layer of verification that you now know that you own this property. Yeah, you know, I like, like that piece because alternative assets like art, things like that, have, have been for the longest time kind of hard for the ordinary guy to get access to and, um, you know, exposed to in their portfolio. But I feel like this might bridge the gap to make these alternative assets more investable, especially like art and things of that nature.
which exactly actually performed and, very well. You know, um, yeah. art's done really well in the last decade. I've been seeing that, like invest in fine art, not stocks or something. <laughs> but what I was what I was gonna say is, well, I think the absolute craziest use for NFTs um, is gonna be in in video games. And it's going to add a, a layer of mon- monetization to video games that we've never seen before. Well, explain like, that. What do you think? Yeah. Wh- I think that the games, like, instead of you unlocking a challenge, you're going to unlock an NFT that they now created. And you could sell that on the marketplace. Or, like, people that buy Fortnite skins, that's going to be an NFT that's tradable. So, like, if you win a skin, people, I think people are going to be just making money playing video games eventually. And and influencers too. I, I don't know if you, if you've seen, but like I know for a fact, the weekends come out with his own NFT. <laughs> That's awesome. And, and, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's so funny. And like a lot of big Gary Vaynerchuk came out with his own version of his NFTs, and and he's using him uh, based on whatever NFT you get. You can like go attend to one of his um, conferences that he holds, or like have certain privileges, access to videos that he has. And so th- you given an NFT. Uh, some sort of utility yeah. is what's gonna make them, you know, actually exactly. become more. Exactly, yeah, utility you know, for sure. Or adopted, and, more adopted. Uh, dude, no shit. The weekend unveils an N- NFT with unique song and artwork. Imagine yes. having a song that only you own. That the weekend you can choose to release it, or you can only have it forever. And he made it for you, pretty much. What prevents um, this creator from, uh, you know, creating more of the like? You know what I mean. What what is? I guess we don't know yet. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. what. Who knows? But that's that's one thing that's gonna have to be thought about eventually. <laughs> it's crazy, man. Yeah, no. I, I, at the beginning, I, when everybody was was coming out with an NFT, and there was there's a lot of really pointless ones. I'm pretty sure that somebody tr- trying to make a point, they made like the the most horrible drawing as an NFT, and it ended up selling for hundreds of thousands of dollars. <laughs> at that at that point, I was I was very wary of it. Yeah, yeah. But with the, with the integration of utility, I think we could see we could see something happen, something spicy. What are your guys' price targets for Bitcoin? I know Kathy oh. Woods, her price target's probably a million bucks by the end of the year. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> what are your guys' – what are you guys looking for? This is bold. Yeah, this bold. bold. I, I want to hear it. to digest that question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess I'd, I don't really have a – I don't really have a, a price target. I, I just pretty much uh, accumulate it on, on – when usually when i hear the news that people are the most scared is when i try to you know scoop up like a little bit more because like for cardano i've been watching it and like every it, it'll shoot down to a dollar for like an hour and then be at 140 for for weeks at a time so like there's accumulation points i feel like you don't really need price targets if you if you yeah. care long term i don't i don't really i don't know it's kind of hard what what do you think is driving this you know crypto trading flat recently? This crypto winter, some people are calling it. You know, do you think it's just? I know, think it's a couple of things personally. Yeah. I, I don't know. First, um, I don't know if you saw the the TikTok uh, conspiracies that that this was somehow planned by whales to try to liquidate a special person. I think it was the founder of Tron or something like that of, of Tron Coin. They were tr- they did this on purpose um and and there was some some evidence behind it It, like uh the pumps happening at a specific time which was uh like i think in asia time um and uh, there was uh stuff all over reddit about someone 
given a specific target point that the Bitcoin is going to drop specifically to like 30,000 and then bounce into all this stuff. So it, it could be that. It could have been that just combined with, with uh, Elon and then China because I, I swear to God, yeah. those news came out like the same week. I know. It was all the bad things happening in that week. So, mm, but mm. The, what he's talking about, the, the liquidation scandal, is like eerily accurate of like the dates and prices that were released. Oh, That's shit. What I'm That's yeah, what I'm like saying. very, like he says, like, oh, we're dropping it to. He goes, I I'm sorry. Like, I, I, I need to tell people, like, he felt bad about it or something. He goes, like, it's going to get dropped to 34, but don't be surprised if it gets shot down to 30. And, like, it was at, like, 32 within, like, an hour of the time he said that it was going to be at 32. When it was at, like, in the 50s, like, <laughs> oh, you know. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so, man. who knows? Like, there's not enough clarity or, like, transparency to know. But I think that it, I'm in, in the camp that it, there is some manipulation for possibly big money that realizes how actually influential and early we are in this industry so they want to like get in on it yeah. but bullish over the long term for sure that, exactly that's, uh, exactly that's for sure the thing it's hard it's hard to value crypto some yeah. say but i think you could use certain things like the the stock to flow models and or like just just plain old sentiment you know market sentiment um I feel like there's going to be metrics, though, you know, like yeah. very established metrics for valuing the, the different blockchains eventually. That's you know, true. like whatever, like it, it's all PE ratios are only valid because we all agree that this is how we value it this way. Right. right. So eventually blockchain is going to be like, oh, you look at the number of addresses versus transactable mm. volume per day or some shit like that. Like, I don't know. There's going to be metrics to value the blockchains eventually mm. that are agreed upon. Hmm. That makes sense. Kind of like technical analysis. Everybody debates on that. Yeah, the thing I'm looking for, I think, is like just mass adoption by institutions. So, like the ETF, well, I think once that um, comes to market, I think that's huge. I think that's um, the real stepping point. There is uh, see, see what Visa ETF. released. Yeah, they they they're, they've done a billion a billion dollars on uh, crypto transactions um, using the blockchain. Oh yeah, they just released that milestone. I mean, remember they were toying with it. They had some teaser articles that they yeah. executed the first Ethereum blockchain transaction. They've done a billion dollars on it now. Oh, they have. Yeah, yeah. I, I posted something about that, and they, you know, they partnered with all these cryptos. Yeah, Visa is a huge holding of mine. Do you guys hold that as well? Um, I did for probably about eight months. Oh, why'd, and you, then... why'd you sell it, man? <laughs> I, it was a, it was one of those positions where it was it was not big enough to matter anymore. I kind of scaled mm. out of everything that was too small to not matter. So I'm pretty okay. concentrated. I okay. trust my research and I'm concentrated. So I kind of liquidated all my small bets and just you know combined them to like twelve big ones. And just that's, that's threw like a, all your money in a Cardano. <laughs> surprisingly uh, yes yeah, surprisingly I, I did not i did not put that much into it originally it just grew very large <laughs> for me at least yeah so do you you don't sell out of your cost basis you're just riding it letting it ride i haven't in the wind. sold a single coin of any of my crypto okay mm -hmm. mm. That, that's good but no yeah at the beginning at the beginning i, I was kind of like backwards because i i try to i had that oh diversify that you know, that's what you got to do but uh, you know, I was I was investing at the time with M1 Finance, which lets you do fractional shares. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I just I just wasn't really making like oh the percentage was high, but like the actual return wasn't that significant. So 
you know, I started to try to apply that same uh, investing style of, of finding good plays and concentrating on those. Right. Yeah, it's weird because like with diversification is kind of misunderstood because diversification doesn't just mean you hold a shit ton of different positions because like you said, exactly. it spreads yourself thin. Diversification is still you know, a good thing if you manage it properly, like, you know, and you get <clears throat> stocks that are absolutely in like more or positions that are in uncorrelated spaces and that's you know mm -hmm. a good thing but yeah typically like anywhere from like 12 to 15 positions um if you do it properly you could still be diversified and still uh not spread yourself too thin you know like people have yeah, that's about where i'm at I, I had like 30 though you know oh yeah 30 was, 30 would so overdo much. it yeah yeah no a hundred percent and I, I did, it was just so hard to try to keep up with with everything but but i don't know when you're first new into the, the stock market you just want to own all the companies i feel like <laughs> oh i like this one. Oh, i like this one mm -hmm. no you can't like them all you can't like them all man <laughs> which ones do you like the best that's that's i guess you come to realize eventually right well and that's the thing that's hard to balance for most investors it's like you know, there's so many you know, takers coming across your screen, so many bright ideas that you're seeing, you know, all over the internet. It's like hard to keep that at bay, you know, and keep that discipline of, no, I trust these probably, jobs. Exactly. And there are probably hundreds of portfolios that could give you the same returns, whether they're worse or better than the market. Right. So, you know, there's no like, you know, me and you could have the exact same returns, have not a single company the same. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you love about investing, man. No, absolutely. Well, gentlemen, it was a pleasure. I uh, I always enjoy talking to you guys, Alex, David. You know, is there anything else you guys want to leave uh, my listeners um, before we wrap this one up? Uh, don't don't give on don't give up on crypto yet. It's, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. It's not over. Oh. Yeah, and just start investing early. That's my take. It's yeah, too too late to start investing. So BTFD yeah. by the fucking right. dip or what? Exactly. <laughs> I, I, like well, gentlemen, thank you guys so much for coming on, and uh, we'll be in contact. I thank you guys again, man. Yes, sir. Awesome. We'll have to thanks do it again. On, Josh. Oh, yeah, thank absolutely, you. guys. Well, you guys take it easy, and uh, thanks again. You guys have a good weekend. You too. Take care now. Bye bye. Peace, you guys. As always, you filthy animals, thanks for tuning in. Stay hungry, keep grinding. I'll catch you on the next one. Peace.